This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Northwest Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth, according to the New Testament. Come worship with us Sunday mornings at 1030 at 1708 Elm Springs Road in Springdale, Arkansas. And this morning we're going to study on a question, and it is, who is your father? Now, growing up, every time father was mentioned, I would remember my dad. Uh, you know, if somebody was to ask me who my father was, I would say it was Jeff Thomas. That would be my father. Uh, and in a sense, that is our earthly father, uh, one that would raise us, one that we have been born from. Uh, and as I think about my father or my dad here on this earth that, that raised me, I remember watching my dad do se- several things around the house. Uh, there was never a question of his sincerity of what he did around the house. You know, it, whether it was cutting wood to keep us warm in the wintertime or, you know, uh, keeping the pool going in the summertime to keep us cool in the, in the summertime. I've seen the way that, that he loved me and my sister. I've seen the way he loved my mom and the actions that he, he showed us as an example. You know, and I take a lot of those things today, and hopefully, you know, by the good things I've seen in my dad, that I try to raise my family that same way, and the, and the good things that my dad taught me to do. I don't know this morning, all of us have had that experience with our fathers, with our dads. But we've had somebody in our life that we really looked up to that would have been a a father figure in our life. Someone we looked up to. And I want, want us all to think about this morning about our fathers or our dads and the things that that we mimic, that we follow after those people that we really looked up to growing up. You know, there's things that come out in me unintentionally that people come up to me and they confuse me with dad because they'll say, hey, Jeff, the ones that know dad, we say, hey, hey, Jeff, I mean, uh, Cody. You know, there's just things, I may look a little bit like him, I may act uh, ways like my dad just by being around my dad. One of the things that sticks out to me most, mostly from my dad is that he always told me that make God number one in my life. No matter what, God is number one. Make Him first. And so as we think about this question, who is your father? Who is your father? Who's your number one father? I want you to turn to Matthew. I got that one up there. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. We are to give God our very best, the, the, all that we've got. Why should my kids obey me as I tell them to do something? Why, why did I obey my, fa- my dad while I was growing up? Should it be simply because I told them so, to? Is it, did I obey my dad because he told me to? I think we Christians need to go a little bit deeper than that and teach our children that we, they need to obey us because they're obeying God. 
From a very early age, we need to make sure our children understand who their, who their father is. I, you know, I'm Isaiah and Ezekiel's dad here on earth to raise them up. But first and foremost, God is their father. And they need to learn how to fear God so that when they grow up and they move out and they move on their own, they'll realize all these things that's been taught to them about their heavenly father. They can follow after him and please him. But you know, as we ask this question, is God your Father? There's a something we need to realize as we think about our Father is we can serve two different fathers. We can make two different ones our fathers. And we also need to teach our children that uh, and continue to remember that ourselves that we can make God our Father or as we'll find out later on in this study this morning, that someone else can be our father. We have two options this morning. And those two options I teach my children. You know, as we go through the story of Adam and Eve and obeying and, and Noah and Jonah and all these other ones, you teach your children, and I teach my children how to, to obey God, or you can obey Satan. You can obey God or obey the, obey the other one. You can obey or you can disobey. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Remember your Creator. Remember your Father. Now I think I'll get on track with with my PowerPoint here. Is God your Father? Do you make God your Father in your life as you live as a Christian? Mark chapter 10, verse 18 says, And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good, and that is one that... Er, but one that is God. Even Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, one equal with God, when this young man came to him, he says, Good Master. And Jesus rebuked him and says, There's none good but one that is God. Showing that Jesus didn't take upon himself the, the title of being good, even though he was the Son of God. So how much more do you think God is good? As you think about God and His goodness, that Christ didn't even take that title. There's none good but God. Psalms chapter 168, verse 68, or 119, verse 68, it says, Thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. The writer in Psalms here is praising God for His goodness, goodness and His asked for him to teach the statutes to him, the commandments to him. And as we look at God and we see his goodness and that he is good, do we desire to be taught that goodness? Are we interested in listening to the goodness of God, as this writer here was? Galatians <clears throat> chapter 5 and verse 22 says here, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, 
meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And you look at these things that I've, and I, in each of these verses I try to underline the points I'm trying to make in each of these verses. So look at these things that I've underlined here, these things of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Do we desire these good things that comes from God? Do we love? Do we have joy? Do we have peace? Are we patient? You know, are we uh, full of faith? Are we meek? Do we practice self-control, that temperance? All those things come from God, and it says, Against such there is no law. There's nothing wrong with doing these things. This is because it's from God. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Look at Philippians chapter 4, and verse 8. It says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. How many times do we let our minds drift away from thinking about some of these things or all these things? And these things come from God. This is defining what God is and who God is. We let our minds throughout the week, I think, drift away from those things, the things that are pure, honest, of good report. I mean, as we look at this list, we, we see God. And I want you this morning to examine yourself and, and look at this list and say, how do we compare to God? Not that we can be God. We can't be equal with God. But this is the way God wants us to live. He wants us to live following after His goodness. Psalms chapter 115 and verse 3. The Scriptures tells us that God is in heaven and He's heavenly. But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever He hath pleased. Do we look towards the heaven? Do we get excited and get longing for heaven because God is there? You know, it doesn't matter what happens on this earth and we get so focused on what's going on here that we forget about our goal, that our goal is in heaven. Our goal is to get where God is at. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 16. But now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. So God is preparing for us a city. In other places of the Bible, it talks about Jesus is preparing for us a mansion. There's places where it talks about heavenly things that we're to look forward to and to, to work hard in this life. And there's people that have died, <clears throat> that have been martyred, all because they're focusing on heaven and they think it, and it's worth it. They knew it was worth it to go through those things that they was going through in their life, to be murdered, to be killed, so that they can gain heaven. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. If you be risen with Christ, if you're here this morning, you've been baptized, and you have been risen with Christ to walk in that newness of life, seek those things which are above. It's not right if we are risen with Christ and go right back to seeking these worldly things, 
to find happiness in these worldly things. We're to seek those things above, those heavenly things, godly things, those good things which are above, and not on things of the earth. <clears throat> Something else we notice about God is God speaks the truth. God equals truth. Titus chapter 1, 1 through 2, 1 and 2. It says, In hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. So as a Christian this morning, do you believe in eternal life? It says right here that God has promised eternal life. And it says that He cannot lie. God doesn't choose. And it's better not to lie. It says that God cannot lie. It is impossible for Him to do so. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18, that by two immutable things in which, <coughs> excuse me, it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon this hope that is set before us. It is impossible for God to lie. So when we look at God, we, can, we know that we're looking at truth. I don't care how, how good of a friend that you might have, no matter who you're around here on this earth, you're around imperfect people. Someone is going to speak falseness at one point in their life, whether that's on purpose or by accident. Sometimes we might tell something that we might have heard that we thought was truth, and we tell somebody else, well, we just spoke something that's false. But we know that if we go to God's Word in the Bible and we find those things that we are to teach and we teach those things, we are teaching truth. That's why I pray this morning that the things that we say this morning that we study on is the truth. That we stick strictly to the truth and we talk about God and we focus on God this morning. Luke chapter 10, verse 27. And He answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and love thy neighbor, or and thy neighbor as thyself. Kind of goes along with some one of the first verses we read about giving God our all. God wants everything that we've got. He doesn't want our possessions and cars and all that. He wants our hearts. He wants our wants our souls. He wants our life. But that's the thing about God. You know, God wants these things and obviously he deserves these things but he doesn't reach down here and just make us do those things he commands us if we're going to be obedient to him he tells us things to do if you love me you keep my commandments he places a responsibility on each of you he places a responsibility on me to serve him because we want to because we want to give god our all is this the Father you serve? God wants to give you life. Psalms chapter 36, verse 9, And with, for, thee, for with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. Talking about God. We find the fountain of life within God. He gives life. You know, he done that when He sent His own Son to give His life for us. 
He gave His life to give us life. Your Father done that for you. <clears throat> Do you seek this life? Romans chapter 2, verse 7, To them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality eternal life. It takes patience and that continuance and well-doing sometimes to get to heaven. And as you live your life this morning, are you kind of get impatient with what's going on in the world. You just, man, if we can just get to heaven, we'll be good. Sometimes we need to be a little bit more patient and continue in your life to seek after that eternal life because it's going to be worth it all. This is your Father. This is God. And as you think about your life, maybe, maybe you are seeking after eternal life. Maybe you are seeking after these good things. But you know, as if you're like me, you're human. Sometimes we make mistakes. Uh, we don't always do right. We don't always do good in our life. Sometimes the things of this world might look a little bit more appetizing than what God wants us to do. Sometimes the world will offer us something that will make the path a little bit easier for the time being, a little bit more convenient. No, you don't really have to listen to God. You don't really have to do those things exactly. And as you go through your list of things to do for God, you go through that list and you might find something that convicts you a little bit and you say, well, <coughs> I don't know if I want to do that or not. So I'll just skip that one. I'll move to the next one. Yes, I do that and I do this. Well, I might skip that one. Are we fully serving our Father if we do that? Of course we're not. We're picking and choosing what we serve. When God speaks something, He speaks the truth. And when He says, you follow me to have eternal life, we got to do it to have eternal life. But sometimes we have that little whisper in our ear. And sometimes our other Father, the other Father we can serve, could be the one whispering in your ear, and that's Satan. we got to be very careful that we give God our all or we're going to be letting Satan become our father. Uh, maybe it's during the day. Maybe it's for an hour. Maybe it's for a minute. Those temptations come by and we, we have Satan wanting us to do the opposite of what God wants us to do. First <clears throat> John chapter 3 and verse 8 says, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the, from the beginning... For this purpose, the Son of God is manif was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. So this Father, if you serve this Father, just know that He is full of sin. He committed sin from the begin beginning of time. So if you want to serve this Father, go right ahead. God is not going to force you to, to not follow Him, to follow God. But just know, know your Father here if you want to serve Him. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, the love of the Father. If, the, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, 
but is of the world. Sometimes we get to looking at this world and thinking those things of the world is appetizing. We get to partaking of those things. We get begin to love in the world and it says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, things that appetize and please the flesh, the body, the lust of the eyes, the things that we might look at to fulfill our lust that we might think is good to look at, that is sinful, and the pride of life. The pride of life is just lifting ourselves up. Uh, if we remember the, the story of Adam and Eve. We think about when Eve looked at that fruit. She seen it was good to eat. It was tasty looking. It looked good. And it was going to make her wise. Sometimes we like the, the thought of, of being on a different level of wisdom than what we are now. And sometimes we want to lift ourselves up to, to be as gods, living and commanding our own lives, doing what we want, and we forget about God. But just remember, Satan is worldly, God is heavenly. You have your choice to choose who your father is. Satan speaks lies. You know, we talked about God speaking the truth. He cannot lie. So we have Satan here that only speaks lies. John 8, verse 44, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. I don't know what kind of, what kind, what what I would feel like if, if God was or Christ was to come up to me and says, "You are of your father, the devil." What kind of life would we have to be living to be be, be told that? And he goes back and, and talks about how the the devil or Satan is a murderer. He was a murderer from the beginning. He he caused Adam and Eve to fall to death there to fall to sin and of course ultimately getting them getting their death he abode not in the truth there's no truth in him when he speaks lies he speaks of his own he is the father of lies is this the kind of father we want to serve do we tell lies do we or do we speak truth genesis chapter 3 there at verse 4 uh, if you remember the story of Adam and Eve, God came and told them that they are to go into the garden. They can eat any tree, any fruit, anything in there, except for the tree that's in the middle of the garden. And they said, and God told them, "You don't eat of that tree. If you do, you will die." God speaks truth. He says, "If you eat it, you'll die." Satan comes along, the father of all lies, and says, "And the serpent said unto the woman." Ye shall not surely die. Who are we going to believe? If we look into God's Word and He tells us one thing, but then someone, something, some book comes along and tells us something else, are we going to believe them? Just realize 
who we're dealing with here. We're dealing with God that speaks all truth, or we're dealing with, dealing with Satan that speaks all lies. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11 tells us that Satan is a deceiver or a trickster. Lest, <clears throat> this is Paul talking here, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. He points out a good point here. We're, we shouldn't be ignorant or not knowing of Satan's devices or his tricks. He is very tricky. Uh, he tricked Adam and Eve there, and he, he's tricked mankind ever since. Leading them to believe that sin and, and these bad things are okay. It's a pretty good deceiver, I would say. If we're sticking into God's Word and we're really studying, we're, we're doing these good things, and all of a sudden some, something tells us, ah, that's, let's not do that, let's do something else. Well, I don't find it in the Bible anywhere. Well, that's, that's okay. Go ahead and do it. That's, it'll be okay this one time. There has been, you know, people, you know, that followed Christ, that turned away and walked no more with Christ, it says. You know, seeing Christ there firsthand, seeing Him do all those miracles and then say, I don't want to do this anymore. Satan knows. Satan knows his enemy. He knows what gets to you the most in your life to trick you. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13 says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, or not, don't, don't be surprised, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. And this right here is one of the most disturbing things you can find in the Bible. Not the most, but one of the most. Is, you know, sometimes we might hear something, see something, come across something that sounds pretty good. But it's not something we can find in God's Word. Sometimes Satan can transform himself to make it look like it's something good. So we got to be very careful to weigh the scriptures with what we hear, with what we uh, find in other books, on the line, watch on TV shows. Because Satan is there working very hard to try to get us deceived. <clears throat> Romans chapter 1, verse 29 through 32. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So here's a, here's a bad list of, of sins and of, of things of, of Satan that we need to understand that they which commit these things, and of course this is not the whole list, the list goes on and on and on, but 
for this, the sake of this verse, talks about a bunch of things that if we do these, we're worthy of death. That's not what Satan tells us, is it? He don't come up to us and say, hey, well, I'm fixing to tell you it's going to get you dead, so don't, don't follow me, but he doesn't warn us like that. He says, oh, yeah, this is, this is fine. It's, it's, it's good. God's okay with it this time. It's all right. Come on over. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, as I think back to Dad raising me, uh, he would tell me, you know, I would, I would recognize, uh, you know, by knowing some things in the Scriptures, I would recognize the things that he was telling me, the good things that he was telling me to do or not to do. But you get out into the world and you, you, get, you start coming outside of the protection of your home as a, you get out into the real world as you're, as you're growing up, and you start having people come to you and tell you things. <clears throat> well, that's not what we've been hearing. It's not what Dad has shown me in the Bible. That's not what I've been hearing. We have that conscience of, hmm, that doesn't seem just right. And as we think about today, becoming a child of God, if we become a child of God, we know these things that are right. But as we continue to go out into the world and go to our workplace or school or wherever that may be, we start hearing these things and we need to be very careful on knowing what is a lie and what is truth. But sometimes our conscience can get seared. Our conscience can get calloused over. And some of these things up here will begin to just kind of enter into our life and just come into our life and it not be a big thing. There's times when we have to stop, push reset, and say, I'm going I'm to have to re-examine my life and start doing better. And I apologize for the animation. It was, wasn't supposed to be on here. If you look at this list, you don't have to read it all, but just all those bad things that we read about in Romans and Galatians, that if you do these things, you're worthy of death. If you do these things, you're following after Satan. Do we look up to the good things of God, or do we look at these bad things? Which ones do we love the most? And I think if you're like me, <clears throat> immediately my immediate response would be, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I, I don't want to do these things. That's a bad list. But just examine yourself this week and see which, which ones are you doing the most. Is it these bad things or are these good things that we examined earlier? <coughs> when Satan sifts you. Luke chapter 22, verses 31 and 32. 
And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. <clears throat> but I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. For a long time, I've always considered as sifting, <clears throat> as you would sift uh, flour, sifting it through that little sifter, very gentle-like, you know, you sift out through that, <clears throat> get it finer. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> but I think what implies to this more, as you think about how you sift wheat, sifting wheat is basically your, your threshing wheat. You're separating the wheat from the chaff. That's what you're doing. In this next picture, I don't know if it's that very viewable or not, but this guy here is separating the wheat from the chaff. He's taking a big bundle of wheat, and he's taking something, a log or whatever that is, and he's taking that wheat, and he's beating that wheat over that log. That is sifting. That is threshing the wheat. So as you think about what we read here, he says, Satan hath desired to have you, Simon, that he may sift you as wheat. There's points in our life where Satan will grab onto us and he'll, he will beat the tar out of us. He will beat us down until we're just hardly anything we feel like. Verse 32, but, we have prayed for thee, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. We need the prayers of the brethren because of Satan sifting us. He's desiring to have us that he may just wear us plumb out to try to get us separated from God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take, you, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. We're not dealing with the little guy that stands here on our shoulder that we can just flick off to get, get out of here. We're dealing with somebody that uses principalities, uses powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. We're, we're dealing with somebody that's serious about this, that uses all his might to try to get us separated from God. Because there's no goodness found in that Father at all. But we always have God there waiting on us to help in times of need. He says, okay, you're going to be facing these things, so here, here's some armor you can put on that will protect you. You're, you're getting sifted as wheat, here, have, pray for them that they make it through those times. And Satan wants you to die. And that's just the simple fact of it. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So this is compa comparing Satan to a lion that goes out and hunts his prey, a roaring lion, that line is very tricky in how he catches his prey. But what is the intent of a lion on his prey? It's to kill it so it can eat it. And a lot of times you'll see a show where a lion will hold on to the 
antelope's neck or whatever it catches around its neck, it knows right where to bite and it'll hold on to it until that thing quits moving. Then it'll commence to eating it. Satan will do all he can to kill you spiritually. And he's going to hold on to you as long as he can to try to make you die spiritually. So watch out for that lion in your life. That would be Satan trying to get you to, to fall to that, to the devices that he has thrown out there for you. And remember John 8, verse 44, where it says that Satan is a murderer. <clears throat> we keep our children, we keep our family away from, obviously if there's a murderer going about in the neighborhood, we would try to protect our children and keep them, keep them in. We would protect ourselves from that murderer. Satan is, is the top number one killer, murderer in this, in this world has ever known. So stay away from him. You and I must choose this morning on whom our Father is going to be. Revelation chapter 3, verse 15, it says, But or I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. So you're either cold and dead for God, or you're on fire you're hot for God. You're zealous for God, you're, you're doing all you can for God, doing your very best, or you need to be not interested. He said, because thou art lukewarm, he's going to vomit you out of his mouth. It makes God sick to see people, well, follow him this day, not today. Follow him, yeah, this time, not this time. Back and forth, riding the fence, being wishy-washy in their life. Not really picking who they want to serve, just whenever it's convenient They'll serve Satan whenever it's convenient. They'll serve God. But we need to be cold or hot, one or the other. 1 Kings 18, verse 21. Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow Him. But if Baal, the false god, then follow Him. And the people answered Him not a word. How long do you halt between the two opinions? When you think about it, is God your father? Or is Baal? Or is Satan? Is this false God? Which one is it? I warn you not to halt too long on that decision. Because your life is very short. And you need to make that decision quickly. Romans chapter 6, verse seven, 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey? His servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of him unto death or of, diso- of obedience unto righteousness. <clears throat> you know, we, we can't really choose our earthly father, but we can choose our heavenly father, or our spiritual father, excuse me. And we choose our father by the way we live our life. It says, His servants ye are to whom you obey. Who do you obey most? Do you obey those bad things the most? Do you obey those good things the most? That'll tell you who your father is. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 14. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because a carnal mind is enmity or yeah, enmity with, against God, for it is not subject 
to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you, now if any man have the, not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But the Spirit of him that has raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. A lot of words there, but there's, there's the flesh side and there's the spirit side. God is, is the Spirit, Satan is the flesh. We can choose which one. One is, is kind of like mixing oil and water. You can't, they, they just don't mix. God does not mix with Satan and vice versa. So you look at the very last there. We shall live. We are that are led by the Spirit. We are the sons of God. We can be adopted into the family of Christ by obedience to God, your Father, God. John chapter 1, verses 12 through 13, But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Jesus came and lived this earth, in this earth, lived this, His life here so that He can give us the power to become the sons of God, to become the children of God. Because you believe and because you are born of God. How are you born of God? That's through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That's through baptism. That's how you are born of God. That's how you become a child of God. That's how you're adopted to God is through the obedience of the gospel. There's that choice, but now you can also go this other way and just ignore everything that God has ever told in the Bible because that's what you need to do. None of this partaking sin and a little bit here and going to church on Sunday and partaking of sin over here willingly and doing this back and forth. You need to choose one or the other. Now if you... You're thinking, well, how can we be perfect? God is not asking you to be perfect at all in your life. God is wanting you to, to live life as best you can. But when we go through life and we choose to serve this sin or that sin, instead of God, we're, we're picking sin over God. And if it comes to a point where you choose sin and you pass from this life and you're caught up in that sin, God's going to punish you for that because you're serving Satan and not Him. But do the very best that you can do in your life for God, realizing that He is in control. And that no matter what you're facing in your life, that you can go to God because He is truth. And He can help you in, the times, in times of need. If you're here this morning and you have obeyed the gospel, but you are being a little lukewarm in your life and realizing that maybe, yeah, I probably need to hit reset. 
in my life and to start living for my Father, living for God. There's a chance that we have during this invitation song that we can pray for you and to help you in your life that God may accept your repentance, and He will. If you truly repent in your life, God will accept you being sorry for what you've done. If you're here this morning and have not obeyed the gospel, you have not entered through that door, you have not become a child of God, there's also an opportunity this morning to be able to come sit on this front pew to submit your life to God, to say, I want to follow my Father that leads to life. If you're of either sort this morning, please come sit on the front while we stand, while we sing. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from God's Word. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Christ, send us a message at facebook.com slash cfcnwa. To find more sermons, look for us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and like our Facebook page. Thanks for listening, and God bless.